0: Let your word bring understanding to us all. Let your word breathe life into our souls. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, almighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. The message is called The Cost. The title of the sermon is The Cost. Amen. Our main Bible text is taken from the book of Second Samuel, chapter 24, from verse 22 to 25. 2 Samuel, chapter 24 from verse 22 to 25, and I'll read from the NLT. I'll try to be quick because of time. It says, Take it, my lord the king, and use it as you wish. Aruna said to David, Ye yeah, are oxen for the bond offering, and you can use the threshing board and ox yokes for wood to build a fire on the altar. That I will give it all to you, your majesty, and you, and you may, and may the Lord, your God, accept your sacrifice. But the king replied to Arunah, No, I insist in buying it, for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord, my God. That have cost me nothing. So David paid him fifty pieces of silver for the threshing floor and the oxen. David built an altar there to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the Lord answered his prayer for the land. And the plague on Israel was stopped. Amen. And the story of when David, and the previous in verses was when David went to number the children of Israel out for a camp a sense also to be done. To be done. And it was a sin. And the Lord decided to punish, um, to kill. They told David to choose a different kind of punishment, And David chose the one that, you know, that the, the people, I mean, the Lord would deal with them. He said it's better to fall into the hands of God than to fall into the hands of men. Cut a long story short. Um, David wanted a land to make a sacrifice. And that land was where, by God's grace, was where they built, where you have the, 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 uh, where you have the uh, what's it called, uh, the temple of God today. To but there was a gentleman that owns the land. And he was even offering the king the land. Have it forever. You just choose a price to pay. You can have it. Have it, the animal. You are the king. I'm blessing you. But David said something. He said, No, I cannot give God something that will not cost me. Amen. Amen. And if you look at it, like somebody's offering you something for almost peanuts. And you are insisting that no, I will pay the price because I am giving God something. Are you people trying to say I am giving God? This is to God. You know, many people will, easy, will easily jump at it and take the offer, and he can easily say that this is God's blessing. Are you people trying to say that's the truth? But he said, "No, I won't give God anything that will not cost me." He had an understanding that there is a sacrifice that needs to be paid. God loves us so much that He has understanding. That he himself, does a sacrifice that he has to pay by sending Jesus. That something that cost him. You know? Like for me recently, I'm asking God for financial breakthrough and all that. And the Lord is saying, you know what? Increase your offering. And I'm like, God, I have done my budget. That's me personally. I've done my budget. I know what is convenient for me. And God is saying, hmm... Increase it. Give me a figure. I'm like God. Ah, okay. And I've just learned. Okay, God, you know, let me just obey. Are you I'm trying to say? And even though I have not seen the fruit yet, in the so doing, it is difficult. But I do it with joy and say, God, you know it all. Because honestly speaking, I don't know tomorrow, but God knows. And he says, Do it. Amen. So David said, I will not give the Lord something that will not cost me. So there is always a cost. There is always a cost. You know, when you look at the like of Apostle Peter, I will just be quoting the Bible passage because of the time. In Acts 20, 21, verse 12 to 14. Acts 21, from verse 12 to 14. As much as the prophet came and prophesied about Paul, saying that he was going to be bound and all that, people were pleading to Paul to say, Paul, please don't go. This is what's going to happen. And the guy said, I'm ready to die. I'm ready. My life is a sacrifice to God. That whatever it costs me, I am going to preach the gospel. At as the as as stage, Peter, Paul was saying that woe is me if I don't even preach the gospel. That it's a sacrifice that is a, 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 a demand that I have placed on myself for God. That is what Paul is simply saying. Because there is a cost. When we look at the life of Jesus... You see, we say, we quote Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11 sometimes, when we pray, you know, Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Sometimes we pray, you know, that he has been given the name above every other, and I didn't mention the name of Jesus, every name. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. But the reason why we can say I didn't mention the name of Jesus, because Jesus paid the price. He he paid, he he went through the cost. That is the more reason why, you know, we can say in the name of Jesus, giving the name. He didn't just carry that name. you understand? There was bloodshed for that. For that name to be what to be effective. So for us, there is always a cost. You know, it's it's interesting in the book of Mark as well, chapter 9, from verse 28 to 29. Book of Mark, chapter 9, verse 28 to 29. When the disciples, they couldn't heal and cast out a demon uh, from a person. You know, when the father went to meet Jesus and said, I went, your disciples couldn't cast this demon out. And the disciples later spoke to Jesus Christ himself, that Jesus, but we prayed. You know, we commanded this demon to leave. But this demon will not go. What is the secret? How do you do it? Jesus Christ said, ah, there is a price. The price was praying and fasting. It wasn't fasting and prayer. Meant most times we say fasting and prayer. It says prayer because prayer, the effective prayer of favor man availeth much. That means prayer is so important. Then additional ingredient was the fast. So it's not the opposite. Because when you fast and you don't pray, it's nothing. You are just you're just losing weight. That's the honest truth. You're slimming down. You know, but it's prayer first, then fasting. So he's not ready to pray, forget fast. That's the honest truth. It's a waste of your energy. It's a waste of your time. So, in I told them the secret that uh, the cost for this demon, for me that was placed on my life, for this demon to obey me was to pray and to fast. You guys have been praying, but you have not been fasting. even I'm trying to say because there is always a cost you know if you you look at the life of Joseph Genesis chapter 39 the book of Genesis 39 verse 7 to 8 you know but where I'm going to now is that even when there is a cost usually opportunity will always come for us to not to pay that cost even I'm trying to say because it is painful you can imagine the life of Joseph you know God gave him a promise. I mean, God gave him a vision. I gave him an idea that he will, you know, he didn't exactly know what it is, but all he knew was that everybody would bow down to him. His siblings, his father, his mother, the world bowed down to him. But the cost that he had to pay was to live a life of righteousness, a life of holiness. To live a life where he had to fear God, and a man that was a slave, thrown into the pit sold to Potiphar. And now, a man that was nobody in a foreign land, suddenly he rose to become the chief servant of one of uh, Pharaoh's great guys, Potiphar in those times. And he was in charge, like a king. However, the wife came, made advances to him, that you own everything. Your master, my master has given you everything. Have me too. What else is left? Ah. The man said, how can I do such a thing and sin against God? It was a shortcut to own. But the guy decided to pay the price and refuse. And the rest is history. As much as he paid the cost, refusing, a cost of holiness, a cost of righteousness, a cost of fearing God, he looked as if his situation was getting worse. But at the end of the day, we know the story, he became the prime minister. And that is history. Jesus Christ himself, you know, he knew he had, he had to come and die for humanity. Jesus Christ, he knew that he had to come and die for humanity. And imagine when, after he had prayed, after he had fasted, the enemy came, Satan came to tempt him. Amen. After he had prayed, after he had fasted, Satan came and tempted him. And for the very reason he came, the enemy offered that at him to say, Take, this is yours, if only you will bow down and worship me. That's what Satan said. The Bible says the Lord, Satan showed him the, 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 the world in a glimpse and said, This is all yours, it is mine to give. All you have to do, you don't have to go and die on the cross. You don't have to do all those things you have to do. Just just bow down. And you have it. Easy. You don't have to go through those pains. You would have it. Amen. But Jesus refused. What? Jesus refused. Because usually the enemy will always bring a shortcut our way. And we, by the grace of God, must be mindful that we don't fall prey into that shortcut because of what we we, we are going through, because of the pain that we may be going through. Let's be mindful that we don't fall prey. Amen. Remind me of you know, sometimes the things that we do in life, we don't know how much it will cost us, you know, you know, you know the, 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 the decisions that we make. You know, sometimes, you know, they, they tell you, like, I don't know if you follow the British politics, uh, Michael Gove, uh, you know, one of the things that could have hinder him becoming, I mean, still remaining in the race, was that a long time ago, you know, when they say don't do drugs... When they say don't do this, when the law is of the land says that. And as a young man, you know, he decided to take one of these illegal things, probably smoke maranana and all those things. And today, the, the news came out. As much as the people like him, that tarnished him. Even though he did it as a young man, not as a politician. But it kind of make people want to disassociate with him because he didn't pay the cost. Because sometimes we may think no one is watching. Heaven is. Somebody is watching. Are you what I'm trying to say? But we may think because we are nobody. I remember the story of the general of here. He said something that many years ago when Redeem was, was not a household name at all. He said he remember going to a party. He said he went to a place and he told the driver to drop him he didn't want the driver to even know where he was going because he needed to, 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 re, I mean, to relax for like a week because he was exhausted. So he didn't want the driver to know where he was going so that the driver, in case there's an emergency, they don't come and look for him. Right. So drop me here and I'll let you know when to come and pick me up. Just come back on this day. Come and pick me up. And he went into a hotel oh, a place and he checked in and stayed there for some days. He said many years ago, talking about over 30 years after, he said the lady said, that Do you remember me? He said, no. He said, I was the receptionist. I mean, the hotel, the uh, concierge person that received you about 30 years ago. He last said something that. Can you imagine that he had had a girlfriend when he was nobody because nobody knew him then? With the story, what do we see today in media? 20 years ago, someone did this because at that time, there were nobody. You don't know where you're. There's always a cost. And that's what, I want, that's what the Lord wants us to know. So that we don't bend. We don't shortchange ourselves. We don't take the short corners. Because we like short Man, I like personally, to be honest, I like short And I thank God for my wife that always straightens me up. Because I will say naturally sometimes, i would say my wife is even holier than myself. My wife will tell me that, you know, sometimes I can want to bend, you know. I used to do those things those days. I will tell you, ah. Are you at home? I can step out of the house. I've said that. I'll go to the bath that day. I'm not in the house. I'm not at home. But I'm outside, you know. I'm not at home. Uh, My wife will tell me, ah, come on. But you know what you're doing. Everyone's trying to say. So sometimes you want to dance in that thin line, that kind of, you know, stand on the fence, you know, just to, you know, when it suits you, lean to this time I and mean, you just no, there's no there's no fence. If I'm trying to say, so my wife will always treating me up in those, this things. That's the honest truth. But there is a cost. I heard of a story of a lady recently um, who said that she always gets into trouble because she doesn't know how to tell a lie. And that puts her in trouble. I even am trying to say that that's her biggest thing. You say that like this, yes, 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 yes. And people say, don't you know how to, you know, that's the truth. And I, and I met someone recently. And the gentleman was saying he's trying to get a car from the UK. He told me how much he paid VRT on the first car he got. He said, this time, we're going to get someone, you know somebody that lives in UK, He's going to pay for the person to come and do the VRT, uh, get, um, I mean, get the PPS number and avoid VRT. And in my mind, I'm like, excuse me, but this is the law of the land. We call ourselves, you can't call yourself a Christian, and trying to, I even trying to say, evade. And you are praying that God bless me. Ah, there is a cost. It may be painful paying that amount of money. But that is the cost. There's no short corners. When we do short corners, we think we get away with it. Perhaps there's a bigger blessing. And that means that that because you may not have seen the bigger blessing, so you think you have gotten away with it. But you're not, you're, you've only deceived yourself. The Bible says God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows is what the man will reap. And when I mean a shortcut, if you look at the story of David in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 24, verse 4, 1 Samuel 24, verse 4, and 1 Samuel 26, from verse 8 to 11. You know, 1 Samuel 26, verse 8 to 11 as well. On two occasions, David, imagine your enemy chasing you. And two occasions, he, was in a, he had the opportunity to kill King Saul. And David refused. In one of the occasions he said that, No, I, I hand him over to God. It is for God to judge. Imagine the person already, the person that is a ton to your flesh, and the enemy presents him to you. Opportunity came. And you can strike the man that wants to kill you. You have the time to strike him dead. I mean, naturally, you will kill the person. That's a natural man. But the guy refused to say, no, I hand him over to God. That's why the Bible says, pray for your enemies. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Do you understand? That in doing so, you are heaping coals of fire upon them. It's not you. You lose as if you are the one. But because you are handing them over to God, because God is the judge. The Bible says, judge not lest ye be judged. So when I judge and I feel that I have the right to judge a person, then God says that all the matter; He leaves it over to you. So those are things, you know, short corners. When God says, "Pray for your enemy," pray for just bless them, bless them. It doesn't matter. I always tell people it doesn't matter whether they hate you know. It is God that protects you. You cannot protect. You. How many? How many? How can you? How much protection can you protect yourself? You know this, and you know what are the ones you don't know? God knows. So why don't you just stay under the cover of God? As Psalm 91 says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say God is my refuge, my fortress, my deliverer. In Him I trust. What else? Once you are there, He's the one that protects. You can only protect what you can see. What are the things that you don't see? So, let's not change. Because I know that naturally, it's not easy if we were to put it in literal terms. You know, it's when you are on the fire that you know your true nature. Amen. It's when you're on the fire, you know your true nature. And remember a situation to the brother that happened. The brother was going through a trying time. And every time they would pray. You know, the pastor then would pray with the... the stories story that the pastor would pray with this brother. And sometimes the pastor is going through a sometimes. The pastor will say, God will kill the enemy. The brother would not ask him, say, Amen. When the brother was going through fire, being fired, and the, the pastor said, God will kill your enemy. Said, amen. The pastor looked like, man, now it's about you. You yeah. are saying amen. God will kill your enemy. But when I'm saying God will kill my own enemy, you are saying, you understand where I'm coming from? Because the boy was going through. But when the boy was saying no at that time, wasn't praying, saying amen to certain prayers. It was because he understood that God says you should pray for your enemies. But when the pain was there, uh, God, please just kill them. I can't go through this again. I even was trying to say, but let God be the judge of all. Let's not focus. That's why it's good never to focus on the situations around or what is going on in terms of how it affected. our own. is just lean on the hearts of God. On the chest of God and just hear what he will have us do and just focus on him. That is all. And the rest is up to him. Listen to what he will have you do. Do what he will have you do. The rest is up to God. And that is how we can always remain on the offensive side every time. Amen. So Jesus prayed. It cost Jesus to pray. People want resort. Jesus prayed all night. For him to raise the dead, to heal the sick. You know, the disciples too had to do so. And thank God for for enlightenment. It's, it's simple. You want a first-class degree for people who studying, You pay the price. There's a cost. It means that you have less. You know. I remember before coming to the ministry. Remember then that in my first, okay, uh, I did my equivalent of A levels to go into university, and that time I needed help. So I took extra curricular activities. I um, mean studies. And I remember scoring, um, having I think two A's. I think, I think at least I think it's either two A's or A B C, going to university. So I was very happy. I went to first year in university and I blasted, yes! And second year I went partying, went doing all matter of things, with friends and all that. And I, man, I, I, I mean, I failed woefully. I mean, one of those ones that it was very hard to bounce back. And one of those things. And, and I look at my friends. they they skilled. they just skilled through to the next. I not that they even advanced. But they said, go to third class. Yes. Fine. I go to third class. I looked. I said, ha, if I carry on this way, I will only be coming out with a diploma at the end of the day. I said, ha, ah, what do I do? God help me. I cut. The cost was to remove myself from those friendships. It wasn't just that enough. I think what made me sit up. My mother just told me one day, anyways, your life. That word, it's your life. Ah, it's my life. Sat up, cut away from the friends. And I remember that period. When it was summertime, I was going to university, doing extra courses, to make up. Then in that period, I had a part-time job. And in that period, since I was studying HR, the the management loved me so much and the opening came and I went and I got the job and they said it's a full-time job, 37 hours a week and I still have to be going to university. Ah. I said, I don't want to give it up. You know, I did both. It was if I had no life. But that was the cost. Go. Work. So some days I'd walking working 10 hours plus just to make up so that I can go to school. But that was the cost. Are you trying to say? At the end of the day, me, that I was... At that time, progressing to it, I mean, when I looked at the look at that time, probably the best I could do was to come out of a diploma because of the extra distance. I ended up coming up with coming up with two two, not too far from two one. So when I look back to that, I look at it. Ha, if I had paid the cost from the beginning, I even I'm trying to say rather than looking at life that way, the results would have been because I myself I was really impressed. So Sirigo, you can do this but it means that there was a greater opportunity that I missed because I didn't pay the full cost. You know what I'm saying? Because in hindsight, you will look at it, but I always tell my children, like my daughter recently, I told her, she has a bicycle. I said, Runa, I don't want you to ride bicycle, right? Now. I know your, your, your hands are not steady. You're not really steady. I said, because you're riding on the street. I don't want a situation you, you hit a car. So let me go with you. But I don't have the time now. When I have the time, I'll go with you. Okay? Just be patient. You get a cried. Oh, what's the point of having this? What's the point of having that? So, okay, I would let her go, come back. I said, okay. And the mother came. And she got home. She just went, Where are you going to? She just took her bicycle. went. I said, because I actually wonder that out. there's no way you will go out. The brothers will chase you, but they're excited about it. Because long story short, she went out. I came back home. She just came to hug me. Ah, so this is nice, what's going on? Hmm, hug, hug, hug. After a while, she just busted an hour or two later. I'm so sorry, Daddy. I'm so sorry, Daddy. Because I ran into a car. Ha ah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. The very thing I said, <laughs> don't. This is the reason why. You know, but i I just said this because. You know, we think we know it all, oh, but we don't. It's just good to just follow so that we don't say if I had known you know, if I had known if the sorry the, the sorrow the sorrow that you feel, God is not sorry about that. It's you know, we are the ones just emotions that we are feeling. <laughs> it's just our emotion, that's the truth. When you are finished or you come back to go okay, let's let, 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 let's see what we can do about it and we'll move on. So crying doesn't doesn't move God. To be honest, that's my own personal distinct. Doesn't doesn't mean that God doesn't care. When I mean doesn't move God, it simply means that there are certain things that are required. So whether you cry or not, it is required. When you finish crying, he will he will wipe your tears for you. He will console you, but you're still going to make those requirements. That's it. That's, that's how it is. So you're running off. Just let us know that there is always a cost and there's no shortcut. Let's not take the shortcut. The shortcut does not pay at all. Amen. It does not pay at all. So let's pay the cost. Apostle Paul, he paid the cost. He said, even though there was a turn in his side, as much as he prayed thrice to God three times, it remained. But he says one thing he understood was his grace, it was sufficient for him. In his strength in his weakness, I mean in his weakness, God's strength is made perfect through his weaknesses. Amen. So let's not do the shortcut. And one thing as well is that when prophecy comes, as much as they are great and all that, there is always a cost for that prophecy to come to pass. Amen. In our lives. It means we pray it into existence. It means that we, we, we ask God to show us more clarity concerning it. It means that we follow what God says because there is a cost concerning it. Amen. And you know, the same thing you know, in terms of our givings, our offering, our tithe, our first fruit and all that, it is a sacrifice. It does cost us something. So that God, it gives God the ability, the reason to move and to do beyond what we have done. Amen. For us. You know, so there is a cost. In this busyness of life, the Bible says you want to prosper. The Bible gives us the ingredients. It says, want it. It says meditate, study, meditate do this. In doing so, you'll make your way prosperous. But how many people are really finding time to to be able to cover time, to sit down and study, to sit down and meditate concerning the word so that instruction can come from the scripture of through the Holy Spirit so that we can now do those things. Many people don't because we are too busy as a life. We have not prioritized. We have not put God first as we ought to. It's all excuses. And I keep saying, excuses, excuses, you come back. And God will say, still do this thing. You want to prosper? It's there. So there is a cost. Let's just ask God for grace. You know, the Bible says, God will give, make all grace abound to us. We need grace. God, give me grace. I tell people sometimes that people, when people talk about tithing, all these in Old Testament, New Testament, I look at things, they say, oh, I heard a sermon recently, I won't mention the name of the person, not too long ago, and the moral of the story was, the person said, oh, in this dispensation, you don't, you know, it's grace, you're no know more under the course, you know no more under this. I said, oh, really? I said, uh uh-huh. He says, you can give 1% if you want to give, give 2%, give 20%, give, it's just grace. I said, eh. I said, when Jesus Christ spoke once and said, ah, yes. You ought to tight, but, you know, do this, do that. was just kind of saying that, you know, love your neighbor, you know, you need to show charity and all these things. But yet, in all these things, don't neglect those things, but yes, tight and do those things. And I looked at it, and I pondered on it, and I said, okay, what is tight? From the Old Testament, Christ came to fulfill the scripture. It's 10%. Right. Okay, it's 10%. All right. So that is it. So there's grace. So what is grace now in this? If you look at grace. And I looked at it, and the Holy Spirit now took me to look at things like, okay. In the Old Testament, they say thou shalt not commit adultery. Am I right? That's what the commandments say. If you commit adultery, the are penalties. So they say that is a cause. Okay. In the New Testament, the Bible now addresses adultery as well. He now says, yes, as much as you're not committing adultery, he said, but in the Old Testament, adultery is when you perform the act. You get get the point. But in the New Testament, the Bible says, if you even think about it, you ponder on those thoughts, that that is actually committing adultery. And I looked at it, ah, that is where grace is. Because grace means the ability to do more than what it is required. So, if in the old, I for me to have committed is the very act. In the new, for me to think it, not having done it, thinking it is as good as, and where this dispensation of grace, that means more is required for me. That's how the Holy Spirit does, do that. make me to understand that more is required of me. So the extra that is required of me is as the Holy Spirit gives me the grace to do it. So sometimes, you know, that's why I always encourage us that we individually must know because the scripture tells us that in the latter days, it says even the elect will be deceived. And when they tell you that the elect will be deceived, it's not a stranger that's coming to deceive you. Maybe someone of high reputation or someone, someone that you know, someone that you trust that may come and say something. But if you don't know this word yourself, then how can you truly stand and remain? But in all, there is a cost. Remember, there is a cost. And I pray that the Lord will give us the grace to pay that price in the name of Jesus. So let us bow our heads and just take ourselves before God. I'm sorry for running late. And just take ourselves and just ask God that anywhere we believe that or we know that we have failed, that we've caught in short, we've taken short corners. That the Lord should give us the grace uh, to amend, to make amendment. Let's pray that when it looks as if that we are falling in certain things because of our own doing, let's ask God that in those instances let mercy reign over such and judgment in the name of Jesus Christ. God can reverse judgment. God shows mercy. That's why He sent Christ to die for us. That Lord, I have fallen short. Uh, Lord, I just ask you for your mercy and your grace uh, to cover my errors. And that from now on, from henceforth, Lord, uh, I will do the right thing. The grace to do the right thing. I'm asking you for this grace, Father, right now in the name of Jesus. The grace to do what I need to do as you instruct me to. To draw closer to you. To put you first. To hear your word. uh, To meditate in your word. uh, To receive your instruction. uh, To live peaceably with all men. uh, Not to judge my brother. uh, But yet not to judge my enemy. But to pray. for, To do everything as you ask me to do. Father. Just grant us this grace. I know physically it is not, humanly possible is not possible. But your word says with you, oh Father, all things are possible. And yet your word says you are the God that can make all grace abound towards us. Father, we pray for your abounding grace uh, to abound towards us in every area of our lives, oh God. In our family, uh, in our spiritual life, uh, in our homes, uh, in our places of work. uh, As a church and as a community let all grace abound towards every single one of us now for those here and those who are not here let that grace abound towards every single one of us father father we just bless you father we just praise you father we just adore you we say thank you heavenly father for in jesus precious name we have prayed amen